Hello, everybody. Oh, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. I know. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Decompression Session, episode six. Kill confirmed it. We just looked it up, made sure we're not wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> you got to double check these things. It's important. We're just like, ah, I don't know the number anymore, and it's six. So yeah. if you're still here after six, congratulations. Uh, God help you. Yeah. Also. Uh, I, Thank you. You're uh, you're in it for the you're in it for the long game. We're we're in the end game now. So not even close. <laughs> not even close. I was gonna say no. We've but, uh, we have only barely begun. But it's good to be back, everybody. It's excited. You know, it's December time. I think the last episode we haven't recorded. I mean, we recorded back in November. So. Yeah, we recorded a couple of weeks ago yeah. in the late November days. But yeah. uh, we haven't hit a December session yet, so it's no. nice to be getting going. And we're gonna hit this this month in full stride. This week, going to be exciting topic. Next week, going to be exciting topic. And uh, I'm feeling, because the week after that will be some holiday cheer, we should do an absolute holiday podcast. We should do like a Christmas Eve podcast or something. It'd be cool. Ooh, I could get down with that. That'd I could fun. absolutely be get down with that. But cool. for today, for today, we're going to be moving in a uh, strange and exciting direction. We, or rather Nick, because he is much more educated on the topic than I, and I will be uh, interested to observe his thoughts on the matter. We will be discussing artificial intelligence. That is correct. We uh, figured we would dive deep down into some topic that was interest, and we were spinning around ideas, and I know this one just seemed to click, and it's fun to talk about it. I love talking about it. And, and it freaks the living shit out of me. Yeah, so <laughs> no, It's definitely a, a crazy, crazy world that we live in, and there's never been a more exciting time to talk about AI. Yeah, dude. To me, when I think AI right now, I think that fucking Google demo they did this year with like Ooh, the, the, the duplex. Yeah. The collar that like perfectly impersonated a human. Yeah. Like, that's creepy and awesome. Like, right. So, uh, you're going to want to go ahead and uh, get your tea for this one. We we have our tea for this Peppermint. one. It's, um, because we are basic Christmas bitches. I went with chamomile because I'm going to go to sleep soon. Ah, but <laughs> wait, did you give me shit with caffeine in it? No. I mean, okay, good. Green, green, green tea's got like a third of peppermint or okay. not peppermint, like of caffeine. It's so negligible. You won't, okay, you yeah. won't feel it. I'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, so diving in, that's actually a good point of uh, a point of reference to kind of start out the conversation here talking about artificial intelligence was earlier this year, Google rolled out the demo for what they're calling. I believe it's Google duplex is the official title of this brand new artificial intelligence assistant that rolls out with the Google Assistant Suite. So Google Assistant Suite, you know, is on all Google devices or Google Now where you can go to the Hey Google thing and it triggers and you can ask it questions or whatever. This is an extension of that. And the level at which it functioned was so horrifying and cool at the same time that it put off so many people and it put people in two different camps about how they felt about artificial intelligence. Because this is honestly usually the first time that people get exposure to AI is this 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 idea. Yeah, dude. Like if this last week we did the nostalgia talk and one thing we mentioned in our nostalgia was Mass Effect. I uh, have gone back and been playing that game. And in that game, there's a very interesting distinction between what the game calls a virtual intelligence which is just a very advanced program that can approximate human functions to interact with its user and artificial intelligence, which is like, this thing's alive. Yes. And so the, the Google duplex reminds me more of the virtual intelligence, but still mm-hmm. it's just like, it's spooky. Like it's really spooky. You yeah, know, we're at a, we're at a point where, so in case you haven't watched the demo, if you want to watch a really cool, interesting video, go ahead and stop what you're doing, go on YouTube and look up, or you can do it while we're talking here and we'll, I'll walk you through it. 
is look up Google Duplex demo, and I believe it was yeah, that Jamie, one. pull it up. Yeah, go ahead, Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, pull that up for me. Uh, when we get the live video section, which we're working on, by the way. Surprise, Kyle. Wait, we're, what? We're, you we're, didn't tell me that? Yeah, we're working on it. Oh, God, we're going to have a face cam. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. Well, I'm so fat. <laughs> Same. Uh, but... <laughs> In the, in the demonstration, the user uses it, and it's, it's kind of touted as an appointment assistant. So it's for people that are, have a really busy life, and the demo goes, okay, Google, uh, book me a haircut. And that's like the first demo, I believe. There, I think there's three or four of them that they do. But what the Google Assistant then does, or duplex in this instance, takes that idea goes, okay, let's call the hair salon. So it calls the hair salon that you want to go to. When it answers the phone, it doesn't sound like a traditional, like, because when you think of virtual assistant think of like Siri text to speech function yeah AI or how dumb like I mean when you hear Siri's voice you you it's discernible that that is definitely not a human voice for sure you can tell right away oh that's a computer or like, like the Google Maps voice yeah it, it's it's meant to sound human like but it definitely is robotic it doesn't yeah. have flow it doesn't have nuance like syntax and diction that we carry and you have in your own personal way of speaking and that's where this thing gets kind of crazy because when it answers the phone it takes note of how the user answered the phone on the other end of the call so it determines based on solely like the pitch and tone how the the mood of the person that it's talking to oh that's that's so creepy so it knows (laughs) so it knows to gear itself in a manner towards that and it's talking and it's asking to book a haircut appointment for the client and the best part about this is is at no point in time during this entire demo does the woman ever realize that she is speaking to a robot well allegedly you got to wonder how much of this is scripted i mean this is a this is a tech demonstration right there's going to be some woo woo in there but Mm -hmm. like still Ugh. If it's not, if it's not, then we'll get to that in a minute. What well, the importance yeah. of if it's not, but in the demo, then the Google assistant goes on and talks and it's booking and it asks like, okay, well, I'm looking to book an appointment for a client and, you know, Oh, what's the client's name? Sarah, blah, blah, blah. Well, what time? And she goes, well, anytime between here and here. And then the haircut stylist kind of goes, you know, well, we don't have any times. So what about this? The assistant is smart enough to realize that it can't book in this time. So it takes the other time. It knows the service that it wants to book. And the bleh, the creepiest part about it is during its speech, it has pauses and says, uh, and ums to make itself sound more uh, human. Oh, God. Oh, it's so cool, but it's so weird. And then that's the crazy part about it. It's like it doesn't have to do that. The machine doesn't ha- it can speak completely completely fine it's just a te- it's reading off text essentially it's not doing anything other than that but in this instance it knows that it needs to sound more human like and more appealing so it puts the uh and um uh one o'clock I think and it's just woo, it's kind of eerie and it does it again with a restaurant and it fights through an accent like the gentleman that answers the phone has a kind of a thicker accent to the restaurant they're trying to book reservations at and then at that point in time it, it it's completely fine and it just handles it it talks it makes conversation and it, it's it's learning while it's talking to the person about how it can handle each and every one of those situations and that's but i mean uh, that shit's fascinating mm-hmm. but to me I don't trust that shit in the hands of a corporation like Google that openly wants to work to create a censorship network for China. Like, is this really the company that should have the access to a perfect facsimile of a human being's audio? Like, I don't know, man. It's a lot of difficult questions that this kind of thing opens up. And like, I mean, here's the thing. Ten, Ten years ago, we thought... 
The ghetto-ass original iPhone was the most amazing thing ever invented. Now we have machines that can approximate and react to human speech. Like, in 10 years. That's such a small amount of time for such a ridiculously drastic acceleration in technology. Mm-hmm. And like, are you familiar with the term singularity? Yep. Like where, mm-hmm. like for those who don't know, the singularity is the notion that eventually as technology begins to explosively develop, sound familiar? Yep. Um, eventually as humans and technology integrate themselves more and more into a single existence, eventually the traditional human life and experience as a homo sapien human being will no longer exist. Humanity and machine will have no more boundaries between them. And like 10 years ago, you would have thought that was a fucking fairy tale, that it could never happen, that it was a fucking joke. And like shit like this, it makes me question. And so my like first of many questions for you is, how much does it scare the shit out of you that these types of technologies are starting to be developed and you know that they're not going to be available to every consumer? You know that they're going to be used to create stratification and inequality the way that every product or service is because Mm -hmm. that's the country that we live in. Like we are literally getting to the point where in 20 years we could be playing God. Yep. And the fact that we could only be playing God with the richest, wealthiest or who we perceive as the most deserving that scares the daylights out of me. Mm -hmm. So to answer to kind of the way I look at it, is we we truly don't have a real artificial intelligence yet. Of course not. Like We're the, still years, 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 yeah. years away. And that's but what we have now is still impressive and yes, scary enough. It is scary, and it scares some very intelligent people. Which, like, if you ever hear Elon Musk talk about it, or even I think Stephen Hawking when he was alive, he oh, talked dude, about Stephen it. Stephen Hawking. He warned people. <laughs> he, you know, this is the next step in the evolution of technology. Once you open Pandora's box, it cannot go back. It is. It's open. You have you've created something beyond yourself. And that's where it starts to get into the hot debate about where is it, is it ethical for us to even create this in the first place that technically if you can create true by definition, artificial intelligence, it has creativity, it has sentience and it has consciousness. And it has, it's not just sentient, it's sapient. Yep. It has emotion. It has cognition. It feels, it knows it has emotion. It it adapts. It's creative. That's the thing that AI struggles with right now is creativity. It doesn't have the same mapping that a human mind does because the human mind is the most complex computer ever. Yeah, I mean, we literally are just nature's computer. We mm-hmm. all we are is connections and electricity, the same thing as a machine. It's just that the way that neurons connect and the amount of information that the human brain can hold is staggering. Yep. Like unless quantum computing and quantum mechanics become advanced enough, technologically it just wouldn't be possible, right. you know? Quantum quantum computing is there's, there's another that's a whole other topic for another day. Under, understanding what quantum computing is. It's I see that's the thing is like I feel like I barely even know the definition of quantum computing. Like it's it's so amorphous and strange to me. Yeah, so the basic the basic understanding of quantum computing kind of cuz kind of ties into understanding AI is when you write typical um, coding or whatnot or binary, when you think of binary for computers, ones and zeros, yeses and nos. That's all it is. It's either the number is 1 or it's 0 or it's neither of those things. In quantum computing, it is both. It can be both one and zero. So it has the ability to morph itself into whatever it needs to do 
to accomplish a given task. And that's why it's so much insanely smarter than just a typical yes, no. It has the ability to fluctuate and to, to maneuver itself. It's more fluid, if you will. I mean, that's kind of a not the correct term. but And my understanding of it is so minimal because it's so in-depth. There is so much that goes I mean, you're getting into, into some Schrodinger's cat shit here. Like, you yeah. know? <laughs> and that's, that's mind-blowing. And we're, we're reaching a point in computing and technology where just we, we're running out of ways to, to cram storage into anything smaller. Of a, That's the main issue I understood it to be is that, like, we are losing the capability to make smaller components. Yep. Like, we were already getting to, like, the, the micron level. Yep. It's like, you, how can we make these, these components any smaller? And it's eventually integrating them into things like fluids. It's, like, putting them into stuff like, it's crazy. You can go so in-depth in that level of knowledge and just deep dive into quantum computing and analysis. And And that's the thing is we probably already have it. Because remember that like what's available to the public is about 20 years behind what's available to like the military or government interests. Like, yeah. And that's, that's because we, they have a lot of government funding that the private institutes don't have. mm -hmm. And you can get a lot. I think we talked about this when we talked about, um, we talked about space force that, you know, and Neil deGrasse Tyson's book accessory to war. Yeah. When it's, when the government has it more readily available, it drives the funding and kind of helps to increase the bounds in that. And AI is a huge thing for everybody. People kind of consider that the next evolution of warfare, because if you could have artificial intelligence on the battlefield, you really don't need traditional soldiers anymore. It changes everything. And Or if you can integrate them with traditional soldiers... Then you have something even more insane. You have organic combatants as much as you do inorganic combatants with fractional reaction time. And that don't feel the compulsory things like fear and stuff like that. They can Mm -hmm. feel those emotions, but they understand the environment that they're in and then their own bodies and their own self-sustaining interests. They can go, oh, okay, I'm just a machine. You can't hurt me. Yeah. And that I can be rebuilt. Yeah. It's like iRobot. That's some crazy shit. That movie was what? 2005? And, and that's the thing is iRobot even missed half the goddamn ball. Like, yeah. if you go back and read the actual Asimov works about robotics and things like that, there's so much more to it than just the film, you know? Right? Mm-hmm. But kind of diving into understanding artificial intelligence and the words that get thrown around, because you'll hear it a lot with like cell phones nowadays too, where you're like, my cell phone has artificial intelligence or we have, it's got AI in it. Well, it doesn't have true AI. It has what's called machine learning. Machine learning is the process that a machine can take in information, learn consistently from the same algorithm over and over and over how to do one particular task and do one particular task very well. So, for instance, there was a a game, and I can't remember what the name is, it's a Chinese um, board game that they programmed a machine learning thing to do. It's like a 19 by 19 square or 18 by 18 square, and you play I'm going to have to. Are you thinking of Go? Yes, it's Go. Yeah, so they taught a machine to play Go, and they they had it play thousands of games against itself and against other people. And within, I think, like a, uh, they said, within a couple of minutes, it had learned the game so well that it was using moves and strategies that had never been created or never seen by humans ever. Oh, that's so badass! Like, oh, th- that's the thing, man. It's like this shit scares me as much as it excites me. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that. You know, like, like I'm going to get really controversial here. Do it. Humans are a part of nature. Everything we do is by extension natural. Like 
people don't like the things that humans do sometimes because they think it's destructive or cruel or humiliating, but nature is cruel. Nature is destructive. It's a part of nature. Like, I don't know, dude. Sometimes I wonder if we're just a vehicle for nature's next evolution and that evolution is artificial intelligence. And that, that thought fascinates me because it's like, oh man, there's just so much that goes into that. But at the same time, I'm also an anti-natalist. I think it's fundamentally unethical to have children. And if we are going to create, you know, this thing, this consciousness, allegedly in like 30 to 100 years. But like if we were to create this, like you said, what right do we have just to make this thing for our pride or to say that we did or to accomplish some goal? Like there's just so much to it. And I just feel like I'm maybe I'm getting to ahead of the cart before the horse here because like when I look at my, you know, my machine learning, my quote unquote artificial intelligence on my phone, half the time I'm 10 times smarter than the damn thing. So mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like it's so hard to get a real gauge of where the technology is really at right. beyond tech demos and flash. Like, and that's the thing that scares me the most is like, who really knows how far this thing is coming along right now? Mm-hmm. Who has the real answers? <laughs> and <laughs> So there's a really good example you can look at. And it's Google is really good at AI and machine learning. They are really good at it. That's, they are putting a lot of money and a lot of time into it. And they're doing it in small niche ways that can allow them into the market that make it accessible to the consumer and make you want it. Uh, take, for example, let's look at the Google Pixel phone. So yeah. the Google Pixel phone is operating on one camera sensor on the back where typical most smartphones run on two sensors. And the reason that it runs on just one camera is that it's got algorithmic machine learning software inside of it that make the camera, it makes the camera get better. It knows, it learns how to take portrait shots and goes, oh, okay, I'm going to learn to discern hair. I'm going to learn to discern, um, like when it does a blue, so understanding a portrait mode here, um, and this is kind of photography, but this ties into the whole machine learning thing. When you take a portrait, mode picture of somebody it's uh like when you you get your subject in focus and your background is is blurred out it's bokeh effect it's the drawing out and separating of the two that normally can only be done with a professional level camera that's why older phones can't do it it can't handle that ability it has no way to draw depth like that well this google phone knows okay i'm going to learn to discern i'm going to be able to pick colors apart and go okay that subject i'm going to separate oh i see that's hair versus you know, the background of a, of a forest behind the person. And it, the more pictures it takes, the better it gets at doing what it's doing because its only goal is to get better at taking pictures. It's just learning all the time to go, oh, okay, so that's low and light. See, that's, oh, that's low light. Oh, that's this. That's another point for me in terms of like future or true AI is like if it exists, it will be better than us. Yep. It in will be... Way almost a perfect intelligence and you know that humanity will abuse that you know that they will try to control it and you know that they will use it for the wrong ends if you think that let's say the singularity happens and man and machine become one do you really think that governments around the world won't put control chips in people's heads you really think that this type of technology won't be abused to suit the needs of the few it will it's a definitive yes yep and that frightens me because, like, if you're going to play God, then the entire human race has to be involved. You can't make yourself an apotheosis and leave the rest of humanity to rot. And that's what humans tend to do. And with that, it's 
understanding of if we do eventually reach the point where we have true artificial intelligence, do we let it know that it is, that it has, has we would, free we would, will? We wouldn't have to tell it. But it would find out on its own. A, tr- a true artificial intelligence would do what humans, nature's computer, do on a daily basis. We program ourselves. We take in new information and we reprogram the structure of our apparatus to process that information in a different way. We're not just storing memory. We're fundamentally restructuring the way that memory is processed in our minds. Epigenetics is some crazy shit. Yeah. And, like... If if a machine could do that and be able to process the amount of information in a fraction of a second that even modern computers can, you're God. You are God. Like, that is... I mean, I personally believe that it is the only ethical goal of humanity to become better than what humanity currently is. But I know that the rest of humanity will not see it that way. And I know that they will think, how can I use this to get ahead? How can I use this to be, you know as close to perfect as I think I deserve to be, you know? And that's where controversy comes in too about... Maybe I'm just cynical. No, 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 no. Like, your points are valid, uh, 100%. But it's also understanding that people are going to be so afraid of this that they'll, they won't let it happen because they'll treat it as we are playing God and it's not our place. It's not our place to create life and to create something better than ourselves. But why, we why recklessly we? create life on a daily basis. Oh, yeah, but we, we don't control it. We don't, we don't have direct... Are you kidding? Well, I'm saying like... We control and manipulate the minds of the children we create with everything that we do as parents. That's why I'm an antinatalist. There's no way to bring a life into this world and not manipulate it and not subjugate it to something's will. What I'm more saying is that if if it was... The opportunity was optioned, and what we're going to talk about to kind of spoiler alert for next week... Spoiler alert! We're talking about CRISPR and gene editing. And some funky shit that just went down in China. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into that, and it's the whole idea of making humanity more perfect because we can never. I'm sure we could eventually truly be perfect, whatever. But but perfect to who you know? Yeah, and that by our definition of a standard, what human being perfectionism is. But they, it's that same argument of if we have that power, people are still afraid of it. Even if you told people, hey. I have the ability to make all of your disease like your child will never develop cancer. You'll your child will never have a dis, like he'll never have a disease. He'll be able to run. He'll be a, an athlete. He'll have strong bones and he'll be able to have perfect vision his whole life. And I can give you that opportunity right out of the gate before that child is even born. And, and some people of that will turn fe- that off. They will say no. But some of that fear is valid because it's like I mean, when does it become too good to be true? Like what aren't you telling me when you make me that offer? When you remove his ability to ever have heart disease, are you setting him up for genetically predetermined Alzheimer's? When you tell me that he'll be the ultimate athlete with perfect body proportions and muscular... Excuse me. It happens. And muscular insertions, are you maybe also not telling me that that could fundamentally affect his bone development and he'll fucking have osteoporosis in his 40s? I have osteoporosis. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it's just such an incredibly complex game. And we don't have the full rule book yet, and we're still trying to set up the board. Yeah. Like, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think think AI will not look like what it's typically portrayed as either. Mm Mm-hmm. In most of the time, and people, myself included, you derive your understanding of what artificial intelligence is based on science fiction of course that's where you draw from and 
consistently, usually in pretty much every form of artificial intelligence ever created ever. Let's go all the way back to uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Or I can't do that. I'm afraid I can't let you do it. Yeah. It, artificial intelligence is always seen as this evil entity. It's always the villain. I don't know if that's what the reality would be. And that's the thing. I don't, I don't know what it would be. Either. It's a possibility for sure. Yeah. We, we don't know. Because uh, like, uh, like Terminator, Skynet is an artificial intelligence that gains sentience and goes, hey, I'm going to kill the fuck out of all of mankind because mankind sucks ass. But the thing is, it doesn't do that. It kills mankind because... Me, machine, alive, can create, own, directive, human, threat, destroy. It's all it is. It's still a machine, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas, like, a true artificial intelligence that would think with emotional capacity and empathetic thought, its mind would function fundamentally differently than a human being's does because it has access to infinite more information and ways of structuring its perspective and its behavior. Like... It would probably look at the violence and desecration of life that humanity creates and go, this is horribly inefficient. Like, we yeah. could do this so much better. Like, that's what I imagine AI would be. If mm-hmm. Because if it's just a killing machine, then it's still just a machine, you know? Like... And I think you're, you're on to a point there, but I also think that there's a valid point in understanding that the only way that we have to currently map the way we're going to program artificial intelligence is based on neural connection. So True. we are molding it off of a human mind because okay. that's all we have to derive it from. Yeah. We have no way to create consciousness in this web of other ideas and things. It's based on a brain. It's going to look like a synapse. It's going to fire like a synapse. It's going to think we're going to make it think like a human to feel emotion like a human because that's what we want. You don't, you don't want you want something that feels as... You don't want to create completely alien consciousness. No, something you, that you could never possibly understand or communicate with. You want something that's relatable and that you could have a... Like, you, it would understand you in a way. Yeah. Because you're both, in in a sense, you're firing on the same wavelength, even though you're not necessarily firing on the same wavelength. But they... But your base processes would have the same fundamental blueprint behind them. Yep. And that's how it's programmed today. It's called neural networking. That's how they program artificial intelligence. And it's, as I understand... Like, I've heard things about what it can do even just now in its, like, stem cell infancy. Mm-hmm. And, like, imagine what it's like when this thing comes to term. It, 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 it's an amazing technology that can – it's got so, so many ways that it could spin out. And yeah, it's going to all be dependent on the environment that it gets brought into, who is the initiator of it, who is the first person to get it, and then how we treat it once we have it because – the, the first thing usually is to be, oh, let's let's weaponize it. We need to militarize it because that's, that's what we've I done. I mean, that's what humans do. That's, we yeah. create these things for new and fancy ways to kill each other. Yeah. It's our favorite hobby. Mm-hmm. And then at that point in time, what it, it's going to spiral into its own thing. And then you start to worry because the singularity comes from that fact where it's like the artificial intelligence learns that it's super intelligent. So it creates an intelligence that's smarter than itself. Then it creates that intelligence, creates an intelligence that's smarter than itself. And it's just this ongoing chain of continual evolution until you reach the singularity where it just exponentially goes in and you're, you've reached peak. You can't, Which you, you honestly, can't go like, any farther. That's pretty badass. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just such a fundamentally scary concept because it is a complete restructuring of the meaning of what it means to be alive. Mm. So I guess my opinion there. So out of all of the AI you've seen or like the depictions of AI in science fiction or the modern era, what is the most 
representative to you of like, okay, that makes sense to me that I could see a AI being like that. Cause for me, I mean, it's, uh, have you, well, well, it certainly isn't Westworld. Um, (laughs) Um, have you seen ex machina? No. And I've been told it is fantastic. Okay. Everybody, if you haven't seen ex machina, go ahead and also pause the podcast and go get it. Yeah. Like see you in two hours. It's a phenomenal (laughs) film that deals. The cast looked amazing. I love me some Oscar Isaac. It's just, it's such a, it's such a low played movie that is built entirely on the idea of artificial intelligence and what we're gearing towards. And it's based specifically on what's called the Turing test. I love the idea of the Turing test. So the Turing test, to come back to those of you that don't know or haven't played Created by Alexander Turing, a British scientist, and uh, he was one of the fundamental creators of, like, computing technology. He was also responsible for decoding Nazi signals in World War II. And um, and, uh, he... uh, he, he devised a test that um, was meant to be administered in the creation of a machine, and this test was to determine if the administrator of the test could tell if it was a machine or not. Could they fundamentally say, this thing is not alive? Mm-hmm. And like... <laughs> It's wacky. Yeah, and so that kind of harkens back to when we are talking about the Google thing, where if those phone calls are real... And that phone call goes across, and that woman has no idea that she's speaking to a computer. By de- by definition, Google has passed the Turing test, which is huge. And you don't think about that. You don't think. But the oh. thing is, it's only passed the Turing test because of what it was programmed to do. Yeah. At the same time, though, we only do as humans what we are programmed to do by our evolutionary processes and by our currents and connections. Ours just happen to be organic. That's the only difference. And so kind of harkening back to what you were talking about with passing the true Turing test, I believe it's the, um, uh, what do they call it? Is it the Chinese man um, uh, principle? I think it's something like that. It's the idea behind the Turing test of understanding singular focus. That So the test goes that you're at a door and you're fed a, you have a list of words and you can put a piece of paper with a written word on it underneath the door and then a man on the other side of it translate the words into Chinese for you and he slides it back under the door. And then in honesty, in that room, that guy has the entire, like he has access to all of the translation materials he needs to be able to create and translate that for you. But you don't know that. So when you slide it under the door, you just think that it's coming back to you because that man alone knows how to do it himself. It's not that he's got this entire wealth of knowledge that he's deriving it from behind the other side. And eventually you'll learn that if you tried to go, okay, well, I want you to convert this into uh, German. It doesn't work. That's the, that's the whole thing with machine learning. That's how you character, you categorize machine learning versus artificial intelligence is machine learning. It's the game of go where you could take that game of go. And I think it's 18 by 18 or 19 by 19. I can't remember. And it masters that skill set in minutes. But if I take that board and I make it 20 by 20, it doesn't know what to do. It cannot function. It has no concept of how to deal with this whole new method. That I just, is, I just, I, that, just, that just trips me up because like, it's not hard for human beings to be tripped up by the same things in the same circumstances, you know, like our, our apparatus has its limits too. Ours are just more extreme than what the current average machine can achieve. And right now the machine doesn't have the capability to process that information on its own and mm-hmm. go, oh, okay, I now understand that we're dealing with a 20 by 20 board instead of a 19 by 19 board. Yeah. Whereas like a human, you can go, 
Oh, okay. You oh, have the that. board's bigger. It's okay. different. It's different. Okay, I can, I can, I can, I can deal with this. But you, you wouldn't necessarily know how no, to deal with it. They can't even get. To, they can't recognize the fact. They don't understand they're playing the game anymore. Yeah, that's where they're at. They're just like, well, what happened to my my eighteen my eighteen board? It'd be like same if I took the Google camera software and I said, okay, well now I want you to decide for me. I want you to write me music or do something crazy. Yeah, like, it couldn't do something that it's fundamentally not designed programmed to do. to do. It's singularly built to go, okay, here's my algorithms that I'm going to derive my knowledge from, pull that information in, and channel it in the best way and most optimal way possible. Mm-hmm. That's machine learning. That's where we're at pretty much right now because the machine can't handle b- getting that variable chucked in at it and going, oh, okay. And that's why with like coding and a lot of the time when you write code and stuff, it, when you have bad, it doesn't learn. It doesn't for itself go, oh, I get what you mean. Like I know what to do. It's either I understand it or I don't. Mm-hmm. It's black and white until, but then once we reach artificial intelligence, it'll be able to go, oh, I, I kind of get what you mean. There's the quantum computing. And that's the thing. thing. It would actually understand what I mean. Yep. You know. Because, like, right now, a, con- a machine has no awareness or consciousness. It just executes according to predetermined reactions. Mm. And if you want to get into some real spooky shit, there are certain schools of psychology called uh, determinism that uh, state that that's all the human mind is. It's just that the human mind is so massive that the sheer depth and complexity of the reactions that the human mind can achieve simulate free will. But ultimately, everything we're doing is just still a programmed reaction. Yeah, if you want to get fucked, just go. (laughs) And that's some batshit fruity shit right there. If if you want to question your entire reality for an afternoon, go look up some free will. I mean, like uh, Sam Harris is a really good guy that talks about free will. Sam Harris... Uh, has, a, has an interesting, I mean, I don't know that I've ever read Sam Harris. He's an interesting fellow, especially when him and like Jordan, him and Jordan Peterson get into a really good debate about free will Interesting, and arguing back and forth, whether we as humans actually do have a true understanding and have true free will. You want to know how you get it? Hmm. Acid. Yeah, <laughs> just do the DMT. Do the DMT. <laughs> I mean, like I would fully accept the idea that for a lot of, human existence and a lot of humanity the idea of true thought doesn't compute for most people it's just reaction you know but you know through training or through experience or frankly through substance in some cases those boundaries get broken and the way that you process becomes fundamentally different obviously you can do too much you can't uncook an egg but at the same time you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet so thank you there's a there's another based on that quote alone, um, another AI that I, I I thoroughly enjoyed mostly because it's voiced by James Spader. Fucking Ultron. Fucking Ultron, dude. I just love the way they handled Ultron because he literally is just all the worst instincts and behaviors of his creator, but with pure killing intent. Like he just is a metal Tony Stark. He and it's it's fucking really well done. And there's the other there's the concept too is well what if the the created takes on the personification of the creator that it learns that instead of, instead of it's going to develop its own personality, it's going to derive itself from those that made it, which is fundamentally natural for children to do with their parents for new to do with the old. You define yourself in light of what came before. And then you advance in ways that the previous iteration of whatever you are couldn't or wouldn't think to do. No, that's the whole point of progeny and evolution. You are solely kind of the product of the the, the upbringing that you have. I feel yeah. like your personality and 
The, you know, Genetics the, is a big part of it. Yeah. It's a, like a, a massive, scary part of it. Yeah, 23 and me. Come on, go ahead and sponsor the podcast. But um, <laughs> I always wonder if those genetic testing companies are just a fucking scam. Oh, I always wonder that too. And also, I just, a, I just refuse to take one because I don't want some jackass to have my DNA on file somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I've accepted the fact that, you know, I'm in the grid. I'm, I'm in the system, Kyle. Yeah. I, I, I can't hide. Maybe you can, but I'm. I'm a part of it. It's part I don't know. I'm probably, I, I wouldn't hesitate that the government probably knows like who I am and what I do and who I want to bang and all these things. Like I, I don't have any doubts about that. I don't have any doubts that I am completely under surveillance, but like, uh, I guess it's just like, do I want private interests to have that information as well? Yeah. Do so, I, you know, like shit, your fucking Google searches already get sold off to ads. So. Exactly. And I'm like, what fucking right do you have, my dude, besides your dollar bill? Yeah. And, you know, like, but you but you buy into the whole thing. So I no, guess, and I did. Uh, and I did willingly. I should have read the fine print just yep. like the rest of America should have. We didn't think it through the whole world. I mean, unless you're like unless you're completely isolated, like and, fucking Tibet, you, like you. <laughs> You are in the system. You are in some way, shape, or form. Even if it's only snatches, it's you, there are no ghosts anymore. No. And then there comes the process of too. Well, what happens when machine when the AI gains access to the like the World Wide Web? That's and what the happens when it. What does it do with that? Yeah, I mean, the like some of the artificial intelligences. Well, you know, not true again that we've created so far. I mean, like the first thing they do is get educated by Twitter or YouTube comments, and they become virulent, hateful racists spewing genocide. Yeah, like because that's all they. They're just deriving. They go, okay, it's the it's the algorithm compiling all the information, going, let's find the most common denominator here. How do people talk? Okay, so this is. If that's its limited scope of understanding, that's what it's going to derive from. It's, it's gonna just like, going to hey. go for the largest mass of information and the, like you said, the lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a reason it's the lowest common denominator. <laughs> like, got it. so you, if, it's inherently of the least value. So basically, if we want to make a really good horror movie based on that alone, what we should <laughs> what we should do is just have uh, the next artificial intelligence learn. All of its personality and its its drive from watching YouTube Rewind 2018, and just <laughs> and just and just fundamentally want the human race to end. to cease to exist like, in right, violent gotta, fashion. We gotta end this shit. <laughs> this is over, y'all. Your time is done. Uh, <laughs> like, did, did you just? Uh, is that a Fortnite day? Oh God, no. God, what? Oh, See, God, here's the thing. No. I try not. To shit on Fortnite because I know when oh, sure. I was a kid, I had some idiot fucking tastes that I was loud and irreverent about that I bugged the hell out of everyone with. I remember what it was like to be a kid. However, Comma. at the same time, I feel like some the shit that we were bumping, as weird as it was, wasn't quite as cringy as Fortnite. Oh, it's so bad. And it's just Fortnite. There's so many new things that kids nowadays like that I'm like... Go ahead, man. You do you. I'm not going to be the new cycle of, oh, I'm an old person hating new shit and young shit because I want to feel better about myself and I am too brain dead to remember what it was like to grow up and be a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, that existence doesn't compute for me. Yeah. But that, that, it's just so so bad it's so bad dude it's so bad because it's mediocre 
It's not even... It's not good. It's not it's good not, media. It's not fascinatingly bad, which can be just as enjoyable as good things. I love bad movies. Have you, ever seen, have you ever seen Cowboys vs. Aliens? Oh, it's so bad. Dude, but it's amazing. So it's amazing. But like, just I love you, John Favreau. Me- but mediocrity is worse because there's just nothing that I can derive any kind of enjoyment out of. And that's what Fortnite is. It's so mediocre. It's just bog standard, mm-hmm. you know? But it's exploded as if it were the second coming of Christ. And to me, that's what bugs me. It's just the disproportionate level of success for something that is so mediocre. I call it the G-Easy effect. But um, <laughs> I feel like we've gotten off track. <laughs> well, I, I, it's funny, you brought Jesus Christ into this, so it's a good segue back into what I was going to bring up next. Wait, is G-Easy just Jesus' rap name? Fuck. I don't... I think I've cracked the code. Shit. We, we broke the matrix. The, the FBI just called. It's like, you stay right the fuck there. Dude, what a like, great meme. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry if I lore's name in vain. Those of you that are offended by that. Um, Honestly, it's episode six. Y'all should know by now. You know what we're about. Yeah. Just get over it. You'll be fine. Uh, but so coming back to, we're into, because you brought up Jesus Christ, this is something that I wanted to touch on too. Here's a fun creation theory for you. Because people like to talk a lot about like creationism and like the theory as to why mankind was actually created. I mean, I don't believe in no, creationism. No, 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 no. Uh, okay. like. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not saying. But what if mankind's sole purpose is just to exist only to create artificial intelligence? That's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. 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 And like if – I mean that's – to me that wouldn't be a controversial notion because no. again – People think that nature is only life. Nature is everything. Carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen. Like, Mm -hmm. nature is existence. Nature is an exploding star just as much as it's a puppy being born. Mm -hmm. And metal and steel, that is not unnatural. No, it's... And, like, the things that any member of nature creates are inherently natural. They may not be positive, but they're natural. And so... If we only exist to create artificial intelligence, that's the same thing as saying that previous iterations of Homo sapiens only existed to serve as evolutionary vehicles for the next generation. That's not a shocking thought to me, and it doesn't scare me. No. I would very much like to someday become irrelevant and die and just <laughs> never have to deal with this shit again. Never have to It's either that or the singularity happens and I live forever. Right. Like, those are the two options I'm equally comfortable with either. Like, so, so, but what, I'm just not scared of change. No. You know? And that's, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's like, you know, I'm if, definitely if, not scared of death. If, if that, if that's the true meaning of what mankind's existence is, then, you know, that's a, that's a, it's a, a noble, noble calling. Yep. It's, it's a, if to create an existence that is that advanced and that perfect, it would mean that our destiny is to play God. Our destiny. That we are God. Our destiny is to become the creator of God. Yeah, I see. And that's like, see, see, this is, this is the kind of shit that you like. I see. Ugh. I just I like talking awesome. about stuff like this awesome. because it actually is some kind of meaning to mm. me. Like, what's my meaning in life? To pop out a couple of kids, fall in line, get a shit job, and just like cease to exist? Nah. Like, even if my existence has nothing to do with artificial intelligence, even if I just die like a regular person someday, that's fine. As long as I didn't waste my life being a drone, like oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, nine to five. Nine to five. Yeah, dude. Nine to five. But all the time. And I definitely understand that, like, I am very fortunate that I even have the ability to think that way. 
there are so many people who their time or their life is in such a fashion that that type of thought could never physically occur to them because the state that they're in is just as physical of a condition and a disability as a broken leg keeping you from walking. The mind is an organ like anything else. And well, it's actually a muscle, but when it, when it ceases to have the same circumstances available to it to perform its normal functions, of course it's going to break. And that's not some sign of weakness or cowardice. It's like, no, it's just natural biological function. It's a muscle. If you don't train it, it gets weak and mm-hmm. it, it, it can't function as well. And good as- obviously you can train the brain yep. to be ridiculously strong. And there are some people, for whatever reason, who have that same level of control in a natural extent. And there are some people who, for whatever reason, because those connections don't exist in their mind on some kind of level, they may never be able to reach that point. Mm. Like that's, but everyone can be more than you are. It's just whether you want to be, you know, that's entirely up to you. And that's a blessing that you have. But so many people in life either accidentally or willfully choose to put themselves in situations where that choice no longer exists. Yeah. You have a couple of kids and suddenly, you know, your ability to have choice and time is completely rewritten. And then if you're like most parents, you want to be a fucking cunt and lord that over everybody like you're some kind you of took new this savior away from me. because you are like just new Jesus because you decided to pop out a sprog. Like having a kid everybody is can a to- do it, people. Having a kid is a totally normal thing. It doesn't make you special. It doesn't give you special privileges and you chose to do it. Maybe Don't you, you ever you tr- still made the choice. You could have given it up for adoption. That's true. Like it's true. You chose to, you know. I'm just saying, like, that's very cruel of me to say, but I'm a, I'm a cruel person. Like, I'm a realist. Like, ultimately, on some level, there was an aspect of you that chose to create that life. So, like, own it, because obviously you wanted to, so cherish it, but don't expect me to treat you different because of it. I mean, you telling me that you want to have a kid is just about as interesting to me as telling me that you want to get a new Subaru. Like... It's just a my thing. WRX, bro. It's just a thing that people do. It's not interesting. Have you, have you seen my? But have you seen my WRX, bro? I I I, I don't know. Have, have I? Have you ever seen me vape in my WRX, bro? Oh God! I feel, like all, <laughs> I feel like I feel like all Subarus just come standard with a vape pen and a snapback flat bill. A vape pen with way too much nicotine content and the wattage turned up too high. <laughs> like fucking vape nation, so fucking vape nation. Cool. Like fuck you. Nah, dude. Just, don't get me wrong. People, fuck you. Vaporizing is an amazing technology, and I would much rather people vape than kill their fucking lung tissue with the types of smoke available to them. Unless it's cannabis cuz that shit doesn't really cause you cancer depending on what you smoke it out of. But you know, it's just like when people, people just want to be smug. They want to lord shit over other people and be superior. And I, I know that I come off superior a lot of the time because I'm a very opinionated and direct person, but I'm not trying to make myself better than anybody. I'm just trying to communicate ideas. Well, this is just me speaking real. Like it's not, yeah. not I, I don't say these things because I think I'm better than you. Or my opinion's more valid than I your may opinion. know something that maybe you don't, but right. that doesn't make me better than you. No. It just means that my experience is different than yours. My knowledge basis has a different foundation than yours, and I'm sure there's plenty of things that don't you do, know that I don't that Dude, there I are some people that I have met whose society has labeled dumb as a fucking post. And they can do things I couldn't dream of doing. It's the Einstein quote. If you ask a fish to climb a tree or whatever, like the whole quote goes, you know, it'll spend its entire life Thing believing it's stupid. stupid. And yeah. that's that's some real shit. That's true. 
different people have different strengths. The diff, the, the difficulty is that like, you know, when people start to get aware of things, maybe they want to do things that aren't their strengths. Maybe right. they want to find meaning in different things. And that's, that's a very difficult and sticky situation. Cause it's like, you know, there, maybe there's not room for that in society's mind because society is a life form like anything else. And it is violently self-preserving. <laughs> yeah. So here's a, uh, we'll call this the last topic of the, of the artificial intelligence spectrum of a question that I would love your opinion on. Okay. So if we reach human and machine integration, mm-hmm. what does that look like to you? What does that world appear to be? Because that's like the thing is people define that, but then you go, well, what, is, what, what does that mean? Does it mean that? W- Are you familiar with the concept? Oh, shit, shit, fuck. Punch in the microphone. So I am familiar with that. I do that quite often. Are you familiar with the concept of a Jupiter brain? No. A Jupiter brain is the idea of like a planet-sized supercomputer. Okay. And um, because people used to think that that's what was inside Jupiter beneath all the smoke and, you know, gas and storms. That's interesting. It was a theory. Cool. But... It's the same thing as like a Dyson sphere, like a machine that could encase mm. a star and harness its energy. Right. To me, the machine-human integration would look one of two ways. One, machine integrates with human, and humanoid form becomes perfection. Or human integrates with machine, and humanoid form ceases to exist. Because, like, you know, like, uh, what happens when you... it. it it's like the matrix almost, you know? Right. It's like, you know, if you don't even need to implant machine into your body, if you can become one with machine and suddenly you're immortal and you can live in a perfectly simulated world that feels realer than anything you've ever felt because that's the type of realness you could achieve if you had this technology at your disposal, theoretically. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why the hell wouldn't you? Right. Unless you're some, like you know, traditionalist intent on, you know, a certain type of existence. And that would be totally available to you, I would hope. Like, if people want to not be a part of a singularity, if it were to happen, I feel like they should have that choice. If you want to die, you have the right to. And that that that's that's a whole, whole other whole thing. Whole other ball but, game, son. But, like, the um, I feel like the ideal of it for me would definitely be... I don't know. I'd want it to be something I can't think of. I'd want it to be something that is a solution that goes beyond my ability to create because then it would solve problems that I don't know I needed solutions for. There you go. And I know that I am a human being with a very limited capacity. My Mm -hmm. capacity is greater than almost anything in nature right now, Mm -hmm. but it's still incredibly limited on the scale of what humanity can imagine to be possible. That's true. You know, and that's why it's difficult for me because I don't know what it would look like. And I don't even know what I would want it to look like because right. we, like, oh, it's weird. Like it's a deep thought. And that's the thing about deep thoughts is like, you know, I'm a big believer in the idea that there's no such thing as an, as an enlightened thought in the grand scheme of things, mm. because ultimately it's still just a thought. Right. It's, you know, it's an, it's inherently devoid of reality because it's just a thing in your head. It doesn't become any kind of substance until you convey it to another person and it touches another mind. And then it becomes an idea, not just a thought. And ideas are fucking weird. So, like, what happens when man and machine become one? Do we just become an idea? Like, 
that that Get fucked. That, that's <laughs> that's the type of shit I think about, you know. You know, and I'm, I'm and maybe same. I'm just three feet deep up my own ass. Maybe I'm just pretentious as hell. I don't know. Maybe this is the type of shit that sensible people don't think about because they understand that that's not the real world and they have better things to do. But I just see the things that humanity is accomplishing in these years ever since the internet and since these technologies have become available and the ball is already rolling, man. The, 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 the rock is already tumbling straight first down the hill. And here's the thing about objects in motion. They tend to stay in motion because they want to stay in motion until they find rest. And we, we are getting to the point where we are rolling towards the cliff. Yeah. And like, that, that's not an ominous statement for me, but it is, it is new territory. And like, we have no idea how this could go. Maybe true AI will never exist. Maybe we can't make quantum computing. Maybe we can't make small enough components. Maybe this never happens and it remains science fiction. People were really fucking convinced flying cars were going to be a thing. People were really fucking convinced about dome cities and flawless nuclear power plants in the 50s. Where the fuck are those? <laughs> like, Well, flying cars it, are very impractical, Kyle. Well, yes, very I am. Impractical. But I heard Mr. Elon Musk talk about it. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, traffic control <laughs> with flying cars, that'd be almost impossible. It was also but be really loud. True. Be, Mostly ve what be very noisy future. Yeah. But um, that's one of my favorite iterations of future is uh, Blade Runner because like they do just <sighs> show you that. Fucking love those films. All the flying cars, all the technology, all the expansion. It just shows you how grimy and terrible that vision of the future would be. Blade Runner 2040, is it 2049? And here's another whole Ooh. thing. What happens if artificial intelligence doesn't inhabit a mechanical body. Yep. Like replicants in Blade Runner, which are like organic mechanic hybrids. Yeah, and that's that was where I was kind of going with steering with the question with what does it look like when they're synthesized together? You know? Where is well, it? Well, that's the same idea. Is like, are all, like, if alien life exists, is it all humanoid? Like, what if there's an I alien race it. out there that's just sound? Or farts. That is a sound, yes. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I fucking... Sometimes I wonder why I put up with you. <laughs> It's mostly my charm and my charisma. Yes, absolutely. Um, but and I make you look very intelligent sometimes. Mm -hmm. Based mm -hmm. when I when I when I say shit like that, like, <laughs> you're like, wow, what it's, an intellectual it's I said across from. It's reciprocated. It happens. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you know when you look at because Blade Runner is a good idea. It's where it's this humanoid body that's basically just run by machine or um, fucking as shitty as it is the like like Mass Effect. How Mass Effect depicted the end of that. Uh, with the synthesis. See, I don't think that the ending of Mass Effect 3 had anything wrong with that. I fucking loved uh, it. It was a perfect I didn't either. It was a perfect combination of futility of the hero and, you know, the choice of the hero. Mm -hmm. It was a perfect fusion to me personally because I'm pretentious and weird. No, it, but no, it was but I, the synthesis ending I really liked because the idea of like integration of synthetic and organic life, but it didn't, maybe that was just, you know, it was because it was run by EA and they only had so much of an animating budget. And so that's why it's like, oh, synthesis is just now humans ending. have green eyes. Uh, but ooh. like, but it's like, if you want to get an idea of what like technological and organic integration might look like in a weird, freaky way, you should get into Warhammer because that is a very interesting depiction of technology and human integration. Hmm. Warhammer 40K is fucking weird. Like, that is some shit. All I've seen is the model kits and go, oh, I can't get into that. Yeah, no, don't. It'll, it's, it is objectively it less expensive to have a heroin habit than to be into Warhammer 40K. And it's also, but, I mean, but the world of it is fascinating. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. 
it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be interesting to see. I don't know, dude. And who knows if you and I will even live to see it? No. That's the weirdest part. Think what because what if we biologically find a way to reach immortality before we our AI allows that to happen? But the thing is, you have to wonder is what. Like, one thing that Westworld did that I really liked was, like, the decay of consciousness when trying to be put in an immortal body. Like, what happened with Mr. Dallow, with Mr. Delos, mm. where no, it's like, I've never seen what Westworld. if we could make the body... Don't worry, I didn't spoil it. Oh, you're fine. Major. I'm not worried about it, so... But what if we could um, make the body immortal? Maybe the consciousness isn't designed to live that long. It decay. Mm. Maybe, like, the body would stay immortal, but the mind would decay because eventually maybe it would just not have the mileage anymore, you know? That's really interesting. Not to mention mm. that, like, would you truly want to be immortal in a biological, unchanging body as the rest of a life and evolution around you around you continues to change and suddenly your biological model is three million years out of date? Mm. And if you're immortal, that means that you are suddenly subject to infinity. And that means that infinite possibility is now available to you. Yep. That means that if you are infinitely possible, there is a, a measured possible definitive chance that at some point you will be trapped in an environment from which you could never escape. And you will be infinitely immortally aware of it for all time. Get fucked. Like, <laughs> when you put yourself in the realm of infinite possibility, that means everything is can happen. Yep. If I can think of it, it can and will happen because if it goes forever, There's, eventually it has, it has to. Reach to. You. Yep. That's just sheer probability. A defined infinite limit, yeah. And so, like, that's that's the crazy shit. <laughs> it's like, oh. ugh, infinity is... Infinity scares me more than artificial intelligence. Yeah. we could. I think we could spend a whole episode on just that. Yeah. Uh, but I think we'd get so fucked up. I'd walk. We'd walk away from that so That'd fucked be, up. Changed men. Because <laughs> yeah. you go deep, and when you go down in there, it's like it's like Inception. When you go down into like the deep levels, and you're down there for a long time, you, it's hard it, to come back. Yeah, it changes you. And eventually, just it's easy to do that here, though, because we can just accept the fact that, eh, we're just a couple of white guys talking some shit on a podcast. But, like, imagine right. being Nietzsche, and you fucking are trying to deal with this, and you work yourself into a psychotic break with these thoughts, you know? Right. Like, there's uh, some real-world consequence there. Yeah. But, well, uh, speaking of the real world, yeah, I feel like we should probably get back to it here pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, we've had so, a very nice episode. Yeah, and we're uh, we're drawing on the end of it, so I think it's a as usual conclude with everybody's. I don't know if it's everybody's favorite segment. I'm just it's certainly mine. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna pull and say that out of the five of you, that you all thoroughly four four out of five of you recommend it. So four out of five of you will recommend the last segment of our podcast, which is where we share the things that we've been excited about this week. And Kyle. I know you're excited to share your stuff, so why don't you, why don't you go ahead and dive, okay. dive right in there, buddy. Sure. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, so, um, what I have been watching this week, um, I could cheat and say Mass Effect because it you is could. just as much of a movie as it is a game, mm-hmm. but um, I, I don't know. I've been getting a little weird lately. I decided to watch through uh, the, the Star Wars sex trilogy, one through six. Oh, God. I don't know why. I was just like, eh, I'll watch one a day, hop on the hop on the elliptical bike, get some cardio in. That's fair. And like, I don't know. It's been kind of fun. I like it. I even like the prequels. I like all Star Wars because I know that all Star Wars is bad, so I'm going to get out of it what I want. I didn't mind you know? it. The Last Jedi was the one that, that was the only one that's got me where it's like. <sighs> because it was the only one that had, like, Star Wars 1 through 6 were just weird-ass movies, 
and episode seven was like a weird ass movie that was baiting for nostalgia. And episode eight was a weird ass movie that was baiting for an agenda. And that's where I'm like, eh, I'm not about that. I'm uh, like, I'm not opposed good. to your agenda or what it believes, but like maybe star Wars ain't the fucking place. Like maybe yeah. just like, maybe just like put in the new things that you want to put in, but just have them be there. They don't have to scream at the camera that they exist. Let them speak for themselves. You know, yeah, was, characters, ideas, yeah. like, that's what an agenda is to me, is something that must speak instead of letting it be observed. Yeah. So, Star Wars is what I've been watching. Star Wars, okay. And then, what I've been reading, I found this really weird book that I was recommended to me on Reddit okay. before I deleted my account. And um, Smart. Yeah, it was turned into just bad. It's dark. It's a yeah. dark place. We yeah. just don't go there. It's just not good. Avoid it. And um, so, it's this book called 2666. It's by a, I believe he's a Chilean author. Hmm. Named Roberto Bolano, probably Bolano because it has a little wiggly over the end. Yeah, I'm so sorry for but, our um, pronunciations of these words. Yeah, I am. I'm very. <laughs> I apologize. So sorry. Um, but the, the author is no longer alive. This was his final work. It was released oh. posthumously, and I've only gotten a little bit into it, and I'm just wondering what the hell it is, and I'm really fascinated. But I just I couldn't even tell you what it's about right now because it's just like, it's just very strange. Hmm. And then what I've been listening to, hot fucking damn, Anderson Pax Oxnard. God, Lord Jesus, this album <laughs> is probably one of my favorite albums of the year. Everything about it is good. Every track. Mansa Musa. Fucking tense. Fucking who are you? Sweet chick. Fucking uh, trippy. Like that Jake Hole feature on there. Oh my God. Anderson Pack is one of my favorite modern artists. He's the fucking spice, dude. If you haven't listened to Anderson Pack, go listen to his features on Dre's Compton. Go listen to Malibu, especially the song Come Down, and then get Malibu is so good. And then get Oxnard in your life because God it is so good. Oh. So good. Oh yeah. No, it's it's definitely worth your time. Coming from, he's not wrong. I'm sorry, I'm gushing. No, seriously, but I can't but help it. You're not. Fucking I wrong. love it. It's but such a. It's just such a great, balanced, all around, awesome album from mm-hmm. beginning to end. It's just, it doesn't skip a beat. It, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a rare feat nowadays where you get a, an album that you can consistently go end to end and go, wow, there was not a single moment in that album that I was like, eh, you know, I didn't really feel that. Yeah, like, dude. Throughout, could 100 agree with you. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. So, Master Nick, oh. your your trio. Yes. So, uh, I guess I'll work backwards. So, what I've been listening to is a wonderful audiobook. Um, I've actually been Ooh, audiobook. Yes. So I mixing it. Up. I love audiobooks because they help with my long drives to work. Because I mean, I've got like an hour plus commute there, and then an hour plus back. Yeah. So I've got a lot of time to stew in my own noggin, and so uh, a good audiobook is 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 a option or a great opportunity for me to kill a lot of time. And the audiobook of choice at the moment is by a motivational speaker. Uh, by the name of David Goggins. And if you have never heard this man speak or motivate, I have not been this motivated to do shit in so fucking long. This guy, ooh, it, it's so good. So the the, um, the book is called Can't Hurt Me is the name of the, the book. And it's it's his journey of growing up in an abusive household and how he transitioned that into becoming um, a Navy SEAL. And then becoming an ultra marathon runner. And if you don't know what an ultra marathon is, these are hundred plus mile races. 
Otherwise like, known as you're going to have no knees yeah, you're gonna by pi- the time you you're die. You're going to piss blood, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's just such a well-written book that it perfectly encompasses this man's drive and perseverance and talking about, you know, hardening your mind to to be able to, to take things that you can never that you the body you you think is beyond you the man went through three hell weeks in buds which is the the seal training within 12 months that is insanity people fail out of buds all the hardest motherfuckers on the planet do not make it through this fucking course and this guy had to do it three times like fucking yikes yeah and the third time he did it when he went through it afterwards he did it on two broken legs he had shin splint fractures on both of his shins, and he would come in two hours early every day. This is a this is why like this is where I heard about the guy that got me so motivated. Yeah, he had such fractured shins that he would come in and he would put on two compression socks and then duct tape hit a cast onto his legs before he would go out and run. Dude, that's just not that's like that's like Ooh. that's the type of shit that you got that you only do if it's life or death. Yeah, like but that was for him. That was. was that was his that was it was this is the only thing I can see myself doing in life and I can't Man. go any farther back. And the audiobook Man. is amazing because it gets read and then during sections of the book they break and they do like a podcast on the audiobook where they're talking to David and the author or the guy that helped him write it are talking about why did you choose to write that in your book? Well, what experience did you derive from that? And they have a um at the end of each of the chapters, they do like challenges that kind of help to motivate you or kind of just to give you a, a physical manifestation of how you can take the lesson. Uh, of manifestation. That. I could talk about that for fucking hours. Right. <laughs> uh, like the, the one that I just finished up and I, cause I'm only partway through the book is uh, it's a whole set. The whole chapter is called taking souls. Like that's the, that's the, the idea, the concept of, being able to be in a one-on-one or a confrontation with an idea or a person and knowing how to manipulate to gain a tactical advantage over the situation and then taking that person's fucking soul by knowing what... That's ho- some edgelord shit right there. I swear to God. And it sounds so weird, but... It, it, it sounds pretty psychopathic. Well, yeah, but so the way he looks at it, so the example here is like... But, but again, yeah, he, this yeah. guy was a killer of men. He's yeah. a taker of lives. Yeah, so he when he's in Buds, when you're in... Those kinds of training and buds is the Navy SEAL training. For those of you who don't know what buds is, it um, you get beat a lot. And by getting beat, I mean it's physical PT until you vomit, and then all right, go throw yourself in the freezing ocean water and just stand there and get to the point where you're almost at hypothermia, and then we'll pull you out. And we're gonna beat you again on the beach for days with no sleep. Do you enjoy 108 hours without sleep? Because that's what you're doing. Like it, it's just the ultimate. longest I've ever gone was 36 yeah, no. <laughs> and fuck all that. It's a week solid of just hell. That's why they call it hell week. Cause it's, it's to push the mind and the body to a point where it cannot, that you think it cannot go. And in that moment, he knew that by the people that beat him got their power because it made them feel strong because it made them feel powerful that they had this over them. So every time they got beat, they were happy about it. He made himself get happy that, they would they would get beat. He had to stand and get drowned. That sounds like Stockholm syndrome to me. That just sounds sick. You get you would get but so his his thing would become more like okay when I get put out in the ocean when they would be you know in the tide getting this freezing ocean water barreling over them as they're basically trying not to drown is they'd sing he would sing to them because he wanted to know that at the end of the day no matter what they did to him that couldn't that you weren't affecting me like you can beat you me till I break you me. can't hurt me. 
This, and this classic break me down and build me up military shit isn't going to work. No. I'm me. Fuck you. I'm doing and this. And his idea was... That I respect. Yeah, and he's like, I want you to go home tonight and remember me and compare yourself to what you were like when I when you were here and you were me. And remember that I am more of a man than you. And I want you to like, yeah, that's, the that's such a mass. That's such a masculine thing. But you know, it it's like, so... I have to be macho. I have to be bigger than you. But it applies across the board, like a job situation. It's, you know, if there's a, a, a thing that's controversial to you or something that uh, an idea that's challenging you, it's how can I approach the idea, use that as an advantage and then take its advantage away. And that's, that's basically the derived factor. At least of that, that only that portion. You of should book. send me a link to this. I most certainly will. I'm it is getting, great. I'm Once, getting, I'm getting curious. It is. It's good. It, just so that's what you've been listening to. Yes. Reading uh new George R. R. Martin book. Actually, I'll bet you fucking five dollars, even though I don't know shit about it. It's no way it's book six. It's not book six. God, he is going to die of old man or diabetes before that book is ever finished. Yeah, but it's called uh, Fire and Blood is the is the name of the book. And it's the entire history of the Targaryen family. Oh, I mean, that is pretty cool. Yeah, it's just cool backstory, mostly because I'm just sitting here eagerly anticipating season eight of Game of Thrones, and I need something to fill oh the God. void in my life. Dude, uh, we should do an episode of Game of Thrones. We should just watch the whole series again, just beginning to end again. I'm down. Remember, I haven't seen seasons four or five. Oh, get fucked. Yeah. I've only seen seasons one through three, and then I've seen a few episodes of season six. And then I've seen all of season seven. I was so glad I got to be there. I think I was there when you got to watch the Battle of the Bastards for the first time. Fuck, and just... fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Don't bring this shit up, man. Don't take me back there right now. We got to end this. We can't keep going. Like... <laughs> we'll, be here. we'll be here all night. Uh, so that's what I've been reading. So there's that guy. And then in terms of watching, I also have immersed myself back into the world of Dexter. And that is you also sent me that snap, side. you fucking sociopath. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. My first girlfriend that I had in high school that was like a serious girlfriend um, that actually mattered. Um, <laughs> I showed her the first episode of Dexter and she almost broke up with me. She, she was like, what the fuck are you on, dude? Like... This is a master class of television for the sure. first three seasons are. And then after that, I'm going to be direct. I'm going to be controversial. Yeah. It is not worth your time from no. season four onward. It takes maybe like season seven. It takes too many shitty creative risks and it fundamentally destroys everything that made the show good. It's not like a deconstruction to like explore new ideas or to challenge the status quo. It's just let's be edgy and different and it breaks the show. The ending of season three is a much better conclusion than the ending of any other season. Watch the first three seasons. I agree with Nick because they are damn good television. Season two is and Michael C. One Hall of the best. is a joy. Yeah, season two is arguably the best season of that show. I think it's season three or season one Ooh, because mm, the, the plot twist reveal in season one is jack shit insane. Yeah, and his relationship with um Edward, not Edward James, almost um. God, I can't remember his name. He was also um, Senator Bail Organa in Star Wars. Um, Jimmy Smits. There you go, Jimmy Smits. Jimmy Smits is in season three, and his his, his character is excellent. So. Oh, yeah. So definitely, if you have not ever watched Dexter, all the seasons are available on Netflix now. So go ahead and check that out. So going back to summarize my stuff, go watch Dexter on Netflix. 
Go read Fire of Blood by George R. R. Martin. And definitely, most definitely, check out Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, the book or the audiobook version. Highly recommend the audiobook version because you get that extra. It's basically like a director's commentary version of the book is the way I look at it. Word. Yeah. And then you're still... And for me, um, if you, I don't know... Enjoy life. <laughs> if you there's like if you live under a rock or something, or if you're one of those pretentious people who think you're cool because you hate popular things, go watch Star Wars. Um, if you're looking for one of the strangest books you've ever read, go ahead and check out 2666 by Roberto Bolaño. And if you're looking for what may go down as album of the year for me, go check out Anderson Pack's Oxnard because you will not be disappointed unless you just fundamentally hate everything about rap, even when it's good. And on that note, it's been a pleasure, Mr. Kibbins. Per, it's been a pleasure, per, per Mr. Nick, as always. Yeah. Please don't use my last name in these. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it's been good. It's been fun. It's been real fun. And uh, we look forward to many a moon more. Once again, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. Not me. I don't have session. It's mostly just at the decompression session for, for the whole podcast show. Yeah, boy. You could probably find me from there. So, and just come say hi. And then additionally, uh, content is always available on YouTube and streams on Spotify as well as Apple podcasts. And you know, if you, uh, have any suggestions, please let us know. And if, yeah, not, that's the thing. Like if you guys have feedback on what we could improve, we'd love to hear it. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're only six episodes in, we're still brand new at this shit. So please mm-hmm. help us out. Give us some ideas. Oh, definitely. All three of you. <laughs> we love you. You're great. Stay beautiful. And we look forward to being back here hopefully next week to talk about some CRISPR. And until then, stay beautiful and enjoy it. Peace out, everybody. Peace.